Hello football fans and welcome to episode 30 of View from the Sideline podcast. No Premier League action at the weekend, so we've got a bit of a special episode for you today. Coming up, we've got a condensed DFL review covering the action from Leagues 1 and 2, including our views on the sacking of Darren Way at Yeovil. We have the usual features with Pete testing our knowledge with another teaser, and we will give you an update on the predictions challenge with the race for the trophy hotting up with only a few rounds to go. Our special topic this week is Chris and I picking our European eleven from players outside of the Premier League to make a European super team. So start up the stat machine to see which players make the cut. There's no time to waste, so let's get started. Hello and welcome to episode 30 of View from the Sideline podcast. It's Chris here and Rich here as well. Good evening, Chris. How are you? Good, Rich. Yourself? I'm good, yeah. I'm looking forward to the return of the Premier League after yeah. a good international seems break. Like, I, seems like ages I, since we um, actually seen uh, some Premier League football. But I know there's some games midweek as well next week. So there few, is. There's a big one. There's a big one coming up at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, oh, yeah, you're which, which yeah. I'm very much looking forward to. I, Maybe... I, I, it's so good, I've heard it made Pochettino cry. Yeah. He's seen, apparently, for the first time. It looks... It looks um, that was very nice. Very impressive. I'm good to hear you say that, Chris. I was, yeah, was yeah. going to ask you, as a, as a fellow Premier League supporting... Uh, fan what you thought of it i've seen a lot of reaction on social media and a lot a lot of nice things being said by other fans including yeah. arsenal fans which yeah. was but it, it does look, it come, uh, looks look very they, impressive when they play they'll come around and just rip all the seats up anyway <laughs> probably just probably anyway but okay, it's so um, very impressive we've got a teaser this week but it's from pete again i believe is that correct yes it is yes um I think I think this may be uh, become a regular a regular thing maybe that uh, we get teasers sent in to test both our knowledge, Chris. I yeah. think it I think it um it helps me that you you are helping me to get the answer. <laughs> um, so so this week's teaser is um, who was the first player to reach one hundred Premier League goals? Oh, now. It's a good question because there's some obvious ones, uh, some obvious answers, and then there's some sort of put it in on the fringe players. Now I've got an idea. I've got an idea. I've got I've got two names in mind, but I'm obviously going to have to think back to when I was a little bit younger. Um, Trying to think how long it would have taken someone to do it, so I'll have to uh, have a think about that one. I think because I can't. It'd be interesting to see. I'd be interested to see what you've got versus yeah. what I've got, and then maybe if we've got the same one, maybe that should be our guess. But it's maybe. it's a good question. I don't think there's a, there's a there's an obvious answer, but yeah. So we'll we'll uh, we'll come back to that at the Oops, end of the so, podcast. Um, like Rich mentioned earlier, no Premier League games this week, so we'll go straight into the review of League One and League Two. And Rich is first with League One. Yep, so uh, League One at the weekend. Uh, I'm going to start the other way round this week. Uh, so I'm going to start at the bottom um, because, to be honest, that's where, where most of the action is. So 
Uh, only one of the bottom nine teams won over the weekend, and that was Rochdale. Uh, they're in 22nd. They beat Scunfort 3-1 at home. Uh, that win lifts them up one place after Wimbledon suffered their first defeat in five games. They lost 4-2 at home to Gillingham. Bradford remained bottom, and they suffered their third straight defeat. They lost 4-1 at home to Blackpool. So, Rochdale were the uh, the big movers in, in the relegation zone in League One. Uh, so, th- what that means overall is the there's a gap between Wickham, who are in 16th, down to Bradford, who are bottom, is now only eight points. Uh, most of the teams have still got seven more games to play, so that's a possible 21 points. So, really, really tight at the bottom of League One, and it's all to play for. Uh, so yeah, still lots going on down there. At the top, uh, the top three all won. So Luton remained top. They beat Doncaster four nil. Barnsley uh, won one nil with a ninety second minute winner. They beat Walsall one nil and they stay in second. Third place, Portsmouth won two nil away at Shrewsbury. Uh, Sunderland in fourth, they didn't play, but they now have two games in hand on the top three, uh, meaning that if they were to win them both, they would go above Barnsley into second place. Charlton are in fifth, they also didn't play, but they do remain seven points clear of Doncaster, who are in sixth after their defeat at Luton. So the top five are pretty much guaranteed at least a playoff place I'd say with, with the amount of games remaining they, and the um, points difference are they the most informed team did you say sorry in the league ba- at the moment Barnsley, Barnsley are, still yeah there. I think well I think Barnsley have, have I think they've lost one in something like 21 22 games their, their form is just oh, unreal right. but Luton's is as well to be fair so D- deservedly in the and positions they, they are didn't they, they did season. yeah yeah they did yeah um, so it, it's the last playoff place, really. So there's only four points that separate Doncaster, who are in sixth, and Coventry that are in ninth. So there's four teams, sort of four, well, four maybe five teams that are in the race for that final playoff place. Um, game of the day uh, had to be at the Pirelli Stadium. There was a seven-goal thriller with Burton beating Accrington five-two. So a decent game. Burton, they remain in 10th. They're one place behind Coventry. So probably the last team that are in the playoff chase. And Accrington remained in 17th. And that's League One. Okay, so uh, League Two. um, Top place Lincoln. They went away to Crawley. That was 3-0 there. And they've actually increased their gap now at the top to eight points over second place Bury. Bury do have a game in hand, but Bury only drew nil-nil with Grimsby at the weekend. Uh, Mansfield lost at home 2-1 to Crewe, so a bit of a surprise in that game. Uh, so Mansfield have actually moved down to fourth place now because MK Dons beat Yeovil 2-0. Uh, so MK Dons back up into the automatic promotion places into third. Uh, fifth, sixth and the seventh... All won, all won their games this weekend and they were all away from home. So Tramir beat fellow playoff hopefuls Colchester 2-0. Forest Green also won 2-0 away to Port Vale. And Exeter beat not bottom Notts County 1-0. Exeter were down to 10 men after 23 minutes in that game um, and actually scored the winner in the 93rd minute. So <laughs> just, uh, just managing to get a win there. And with only 10 men. The guy that actually got sent off had two yellow cards within the first 20 minutes. So, yeah, he didn't have a great day. 
Uh, so the bottom, uh, so just mentioned Notts County there, they lost, so they remain bottom. Macclesfield, however, they drew 2-2 with Stevenage, so now just two points off of safety. Uh, Macclesfield actually scored in the 93rd minute in that one as well to uh, get a point. Uh, and Yeovil, uh, just above them now, uh, only two points clear of relegation zone. They lost 2-0 to MK Dons. They've Macclesfield have also got a game in hand, so a win for Macclesfield in that game, and Yeovil would be in the bottom two. And as what, what's the aware, gap? Sorry, Chris, two, two points. points. So it's two points. So a win for Macclesfield uh, would uh, lift them up and put Yeovil in to a lot of trouble. And uh, as most of you will be aware now, Yeovil sacked their manager this weekend. Uh, Darren Way, so he was given his marching orders, and yeah, so Yeovil in big, big trouble, I would say, because Macclesfield, second half of the season, if they have had this form throughout the whole season, they wouldn't be in anywhere near the trouble that they're in now, Macclesfield, so yeah, this is an interesting one, we'll have to so, see So, I, I do notice Macclesfield have got Lincoln they have uh, yeah. Lincoln away next, so yeah. yeah, away against the top of the table. But uh, I think when uh, we'll we'll talk about Yeovil in a sec. But I, I well, I guess this is this is all part of it, really. I guess it's relevant. Yeah, Notts County aren't at all, are they? Oh, so Notts County are actually three points off. Yes, Yeovil, so same, not... same same amount of games played. I yeah, mean, the, yeah, gap, yeah. the gap between Yo, Yeovil and Port Vale above them is five points, which yeah. is it's, that it's that gap is bigger. Over, so... It looks like it's definitely two of that bottom three that are going to go down. Um, and Knox County play Stevenage um, away at the weekend. So I think, well, on, on paper, Yeovil have probably got the easiest game, but they're, they're still playing Newport, who are uh, we know from uh, well, from their yeah. FA Cup exploits, but yeah. uh, but we that... beat Yeovil beat Newport early on the season away six six one was it six yeah. one so but it's so, that that, that, that division <laughs> is so close if you if you look at Newport just just to give a bit of context Newport have got two games in hand on a lot of the teams in that division if they were to win both of them they're three points off the playoffs. Yeah, that's how, Col- that's how, see, that's how Colchester, close that division is. Yeah, Colchester and Carlisle, they were they're, they're, you know, Colchester have lost their last two games, both against teams in that in the the playoffs. So mm. you know, they've they've suffered two bad defeats. And Carlisle are, are still hanging on in there, but it's going to be going to be interesting to see who grabs those playoffs. And, and also between, I think I think Lincoln are okay. I think they'll be safe. I think they're going to. More than likely win the league, um, but it'd be interesting to see out of uh, Bury, Mansfield, and MK Dons who the other two teams that got. Obviously, Bury got a well, game. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, Lincoln, Lincoln are sort of sixteen points in, the, uh, thirteen points inside automatic promotion, yeah. so they should be all right. So, Yeovil, Chris. So, yeah, um, I'm sure you've got you've got some news oh, yeah. off the press for us, but <laughs> just, just, yeah. just from my perspective, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. obviously, I mean, you're, you're a lot closer to it than, than I am. Uh, so a couple of things, who, who, who are we looking at as a permanent replacement, apart from yourself, Oof. of course, <laughs> who, who are we looking at as a permanent replacement? And 
from a follower uh, of Yeovil Town, is it a good move? Is it is it going to yeah. give them the the because the, the only the, the new manager bounce, which I'm sure will be spoken about because of the situation they're in. It's a bit 50-50 sometimes that what you know and having a manager there that knows the players, et cetera, et cetera. He's obviously yeah. not been that successful, but which one's going to give them more more success? Are you confident that they've done the right thing and it's going yeah, to have the so desired I effect? Think, I think so. they've got uh, the, the, the assistant that was there, Neil uh, Marmon, he's taken charge, uh, I believe, for the rest of the season now. So... Um, obviously, is, big, he, is that a good choice? I think I think he's he's the obvious choice just until the end of the season. He's the assistant manager. I, th- I think he only came in December January time, so he hasn't been there that long. Um, I don't know a huge huge amount about him. I know he had a, a brief playing career, but not a hugely successful one. What's the What's the um, reaction been like on so social I think, media? I, know- I think. Yeah, so I've got a few um, tweets uh, here. Uh, this one is from Twitter user Harrison East Free. He said, I think the second was right on the run of form we were on, but I also think it might still be too late and should have happened earlier. Um, Port Vale was the final straw for me. As much of a club legend the guy was, all he has done this season is alienate the fan base and drove fans away from the stadium. Lost the dressing room, it would seem, as the players are a very talented bunch who could push for playoffs under the right manager. Hopefully, we can have a big push from now until the end of the season. So, obviously, there, uh, Harrison 99 feels that see, um, it's a bit, they should have done it earlier. And I, I agree. I feel that he should have gone at two, three months ago. I, I feel. Um, I don't think. I. Well, I think I think it will be clear to see on on Saturday how it's going to go. But the guy that's taken charge now, he's opened up training sessions so fans can go and watch some train as well now. So he, I think he's trying to get the fans back involved. Um, I, yeah, I think that's. I think that's a good thing. I I, I just wonder if. It, it, if the worst was to happen and they get relegated, for example, I guess the the, the whole sort of blame's going to fall on Darren Way's shoulders anyway, isn't it? I mean, you're 39 yeah, yeah. games into the season. Um, you can't necessarily expect a, a caretaker to come in for for the last sort of six, seven games and, and turn a season around in, in that sort of time. But... I guess from a from a fan's point of view, I know when we've discussed, when we've had this topic on the podcast before, and there's been a lot of yeah, a lot of comments from fans about that that he wasn't the right man to be the manager, et cetera, et cetera. So I guess in that perspective, I mean, from from your point of view, would would you have, would you accept relegation? For the um, fact that for the fact that he's gone, or they, well, would you been, rather yeah, stay in the football it's... league and him him still be there? Mm, it's a good question. Um, I think I think maybe people are thinking it's probably best that they go down and rebuild. But I what, think even new... with the new owners, so we've new. I was about to say, with are, new... they, are they in? Are they so, are they installed or they're they're there ready? I believe, but not. 
not that. I think I think it was partly their decision that he's gone as well, from what I'm aware. But I oh, so you think that the, the, so they've had an involvement in this decision? Yeah, I, th- I think yeah, I think I think they've had some involvement. Um, but I think a lot will come clear on Saturday in how that they approach the game. Is it's a fan appreciation day on um, Saturday, so. Um, I believe under 16 is getting for free. So um, there'll mm. be a big crowd there. So um, it's it's hard because the way that they've been playing at the moment, a- anything, even a draw, I think, is, a, is an improvement at the moment. But um, like I said, I think I think it should have happened a couple of months ago. But then... I've got another one here from uh, Adam on Twitter. He said it was a 100% correct decision, but this should have been done ages ago. His attitude towards the fans recently has been disgraceful. He was a great player, but a terrible manager. And I think people will only remember the manager part now. We've got a massive seven games to save our league status. So I think people are hopeful that he's going to, obviously this guy's going to come in and uh, and save them. We've, you know, Yeovil renowned over the last sort of, four or five seasons to just scrape out of, of trouble at the right time. So, we'll well, yeah, like... I think, I think the, the, the Macclesfield game in hand is, is, is pretty crucial. Yeah, because, yeah. Um, obviously if they lose, you keep the two point buffer. If they, if they win or draw, then it's sort of getting very nervy. So, well, we'll have to see, I guess. I mean, it's, I kind of want them to stay up. I'm not sure why. I don't have any affiliation to them, but I think the fact that we, we talk yeah. about them quite regularly yeah. on the podcast. Yeah, but then, there's a, um... then there's people uh, like the wife who's who I've met him in the last sort of couple of months and say like what a generally nice guy he is. Um, I think I so think, I think most people in football are no, I think most people in football are nice guys. I just think right, it's. Yeah. When when it's your team and you you don't think they're doing what they should be doing and results are, yeah. are terrible and you're on the brink of relegation, so you're December, just not going to like them that much. December 2015, he took over, so he's been there for a good three and a bit years. I think he's um, probably one of the longest-serving managers in the yeah, division. He signed, he? He signed a new con- he signed a contract extension in November as well to 2021. So, uh, I, well, he'll, he'll a get a nice little payoff or something, I expect. But yeah, I've got one more tweet here as well. This one's said. <laughs> is it from Is it from your wife saying what a lovely no, guy he was? No, this is from John. <laughs> he says, "I literally couldn't be happier. One of the best days of my life. I hate what he's done to our team and club, and whilst." So many people will be sad to see him go. I'll be holding a celebration party. Mm. Where's John, the invite, John? Where's the me. party being yeah, held? The no. party. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what happens on 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 this weekend. Um, I'd like them to stay up, but whether now the team is is damaged beyond repair. But I agree with with what Harrison said in his tweet that the team the team that they've got. They should be they should be hitting the playoffs of that team because they've got some talented people in that team. So yeah, know, so wait and see. But uh, we'll move on. Yes, uh, Rich, you're going to talk a bit about predictions. Yeah. So uh, just the uh, usual update on on predictions. So the weekend just gone. Um, we had Rachel as our guest predictor, um, who came away with a score of ten. 
um, as did you, Chris. Um, yeah. I got 15. Uh, so we're, we're still not any closer to, to overtaking Jamie at the top with 30. Uh, we've, we're quickly running out of rounds. I think there's probably seven or eight rounds maximum that are going to be left. Before the end of the season, um, obviously for for the people listening and the people that have taken part before, you 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 are in with a chance of having another go. Um, we'll see how we'll see how that goes because I think thirty seems to be almost like a, a one off fluke score, really. Although I mean we've hit it a couple of times, but yeah, we've had we've had thirty well, we've had goes. How many goes we had? Uh, yeah, we've, exactly, like exactly. One in, one in every um, ten tries, I think we've we've hit it. So. Yeah, something like that. So, um, but something. For, for, I mean, I just think for the first season of our podcast, it's something that's gone down really well. We've had, uh, I think, we've had thirty-four rounds now, so we've had thirty-four guests. Um, taking part, and we've got a few ideas, haven't we, Chris, for next year about okay. how we're going to evolve it. So hopefully, if we come back for for a second second season, it will be something that we will develop slightly, make it a bit more interactive. Um, but yes, and I believe, Chris, you have some news about the trophy. The trophy is on the trophy route. The trophy is, is being is, engraved as we speak. It's being looked into yet. So. Uh... The, there's a, there's a couple possible that I've seen on uh, that I've seen that I like. So it's just the uh, postage because it is so huge. Yeah, that it's gonna like literally take its the own. The Eiffel lorry. Tower. Uh, that's yeah, sort of yeah. But yeah, it's gonna so look good. Whoever seen, wins it, it's gonna have to move it, house yeah. to, uh, <laughs> to incorporate it's gonna look, it. It's gonna look nice on on my mantelpiece for. A couple of weeks before I have to hand over. Yeah, so just to let everybody know, Chris has already said that he's going to have photos taken with the trophy, just in uh, case. Yeah, just just yeah. sort of some sort of memento before it actually goes to the actual winner. Um, yeah, okay, so that yeah, so that's prediction. So um, we're back with the football, well, Premier League, and obviously EFL action. This for this round of. Predictions at the weekend. So we've got our guest predictor Harry this week. Um, so we'll see how he gets on and see if um, anyone can threaten the score of thirty. We'll have to wait. It'd and be see. nice if someone came close because we're struggling. People are struggling to get twenty-five at the moment. So, well, that's part of the beauty of it, though. I suppose it's um, I have, it's not I as easy it's, as you think. It's, no, it's not no, it's picking not. six results for, and I for think games. James was probably the closest at one point to get into, wasn't it? He was the one I, I at think, half time. He, he had like had, forty odd points. Yeah, he half-time. did. Yeah, and yeah. then <laughs> I'm not sure. Head. I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'm not sure if he listens, but it, God, we never would have heard the end of that if he. No. Did. No. Um, but I believe he does listen. So yeah, shout out to you there, James. Um, yeah, at half time he he had the best score. Anyway, yeah, so that's predictions. Um, so we will be posting the um, this week's matches online probably tomorrow, and then we will have an update over the weekend once the results are in. So I think that's it for part one, Chris. Yep, that's the uh, that's it for part one. We'll be back in part two with our special topic where we've each picked. Our European 11, so that's uh, players outside of the Premier League. 
and we'll try and get Pete's teaser and obviously we'll uh, we'll tell you what's happening next week as well so we'll be back in part two Hello and welcome back to View from the Sideline podcast. Um, so part two of today's show, we are going to go through our European eleven. So Chris and I set each other the challenge of picking um, a starting eleven in a four-four-two formation for players in the European leagues, but not the Premier League. Um, for those of you that, that listen to the podcast on a regular basis, you 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 will know that a good few months ago, I think it was, Chris, it was, if, it was if I'm right. three or four. Crikey. So it was about 26 episodes ago that Chris and I picked uh, our Premier League 11 um, during the one of the early international breaks, um, which got me some notoriety, I think, for putting Larice in. Oh, I remember. Uh, that, yeah. yeah, I got, I I got, a, bit of, I got yeah. a bit of stick for that. Yeah. Do you still um, stand Larice by that? Over there. Yeah, I do. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I absolutely do. Um, as as the weeks went on, I kind of got proved right. I think because United were continually letting goals in, and uh, Spurs weren't. So anyway, so uh, yeah, so we've gone four four two, so we can pick players from yeah. any European club side outside of the Premier League and I don't know about you Chris but the the thing that this has certainly showed me is the the actual quality players in the Premier League um because when you're thinking about the players in their positions and the top players in Europe a lot of them are in the Premier League and they're the first ones that come to your mind but when you can't pick any of them um it becomes a bit harder so we will we will do the goalkeeper and then we'll reveal our, our back four and our, our midfield four and then our um, two strikers and we'll, we'll go through each each position oh. in, a, in a little bit of detail. So you can kick off, Chris, with your number so one. the goalkeeper I've gone for is Jan Oblak. Who did you go for? I've gone for Testegen. Testegen. Okay, I'll tell you why I went for Oblak. Uh, he kept the most clean sheets in Europe last season in 2018, and he. Oh, hold on! Is is this the stat machine starting up? The stat machine is started up. Yeah, I can feel the stats. And the stats another, I've got another one as well. So he has more clean sheets than goals conceded since 2014. So he's kept more clean sheets than the goals he's actually conceded, which I thought was. Uh, which is is one of the reasons I put him in there, and he's a he's a decent he's, he plays. For, I, I really do like Athletic in Madrid, but I think it's because it's Simeone. I'd yeah. love to see Simeone in the Premier League. I, I I wouldn't even mind who he was at. I'd love to see him in there. Yeah, uh, I'm not going di- to. I'm going to disagree with you because I, I didn't pick him, but I think that he is. You said it yourself. He's a decent keeper. But that's not good enough. Ugh. Being a decent keeper is not good enough to get into the European Test Super Stegen Team. Is not. <laughs> I, I th- see. I, I've not gone on it. Up. I've gone at it from a slightly different angle. Now, hands up. If if Manuel Neuer had not been injured, I would have put him in. I think that if you go back 
two, three years. I think Neuer was probably at the time the the best yeah. keeper in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and obviously Courtois going to Madrid, he was an option, but he's just been pants lately. Uh, but the reason I've put to Stegen in is one because because of Neuer's injury, he's sort of he's been a regular in the German side. And although that might not sound a good thing because Germany have been in awful form, I still think that being the number one for Germany and being the number one for possibly the best club side in Europe. And Barca, I mean, I I think they are very good defensively, but they're they're football playing defenders. Um, and I think with the the buying power that Barcelona have, you, you, like I say, you've got to be you've got to be a decent keeper. And I'm not saying Oblak's a bad keeper. I just went for a different option. Mm, I disagree. I thought I think he's been miles better than to stay again. That's fine. You, you, <laughs> you you said it yourself. He's an okay keeper. He's he's a world so class keeper. Uh, well, that's what you, I meant. You, you you've picked him because you like the manager. Right. I think I think yeah. is what you said. Right, so I will go through my defenders now. So left back Marcelo, right back Kimmich, centre back Sergio Ramos and Rafael Varane. Okay. So we've got one we've got one one player the same. So my left back is Jordi Alba. Centre backs are are you, is that? Are you laughing? <laughs> Centre backs are PK and Varane, PK. and oh my word! Well, right, right back, back Alaba at Bayern Munich. Right. Are you sure PK over Ramos? Yeah, I am. Oh, I, knew, right. I, I knew. I knew. I knew this was going to be a conversation. So Ramos let, let, is let's just clear this up. The best so, defender in the world at the moment. Ramos. No. No, 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 no. So I'm going to go. Let's do the one we've got. So Varane at Real Madrid. So I've put him in, obviously, as have you. But it was very close with Umtidi at Barcelona. Because I think he, since he had an amazing World Cup and um, he's he's been amazing for Barcelona since. But I, I did sort of think I would have four of Barcelona's back five. Yeah, Varane, um, he's just too strong and young at the same time. He's just... Yeah, Mar- I think he's Mar- a bit... He's, as well. he's a bit more of a complete classy centre-half, I think, Varane. He's a bit he's like very... Ferdinand. Yeah. Him, well, he reminds me of Ferdinand. He reminds me of yeah, Rio yeah, Ferdinand yeah. a bit. He's, he's, um, he's, he's a very sort of complete centre-half. Pete, yeah, I, sorry, we've got Ramos. I don't agree with you. I think that I think he's a good defender, but I think he doesn't defend in the way that I would want my defence to play. He's a bit, he's a bit erratic, and if he plays for your team, you love him. If he doesn't, you you hate I love, him. I think, I think he's well cut. I think he is the best tell you what, out there at the moment. If if Chelsea ever got back in the Champions League and you played and you played Real Madrid and you were playing against him after the game, you would not love him. But the penalty, that penalty. Did you see the penalty the other day? He scored three penegas in yeah. That's why he's on the list. Four or something. He's nah, just, I pure composure, that guy. He's just he. He hardly ever, ever... I know 
you know, he got the yellow card in the, in the Champions League, which then turns out he got suspended and then a further suspension for breaking the rules. Does that not put you off, though? I, I think I think no. him and PK are very similar, but with PK, you just get... I, you you I don't get any, of the, any of the theatrics and drama. I guarantee this. If you... If, you asked everyone in the football world who would they rather have. I, I guarantee 75, 80% would say Ramos over PK. Well, we, well, let's put let's put it out there. Will, if, any, will, if, any, will, if anyone's will, got yeah. a view on that, PK or Ramos, um, maybe we should do that as a poll. Maybe yeah, we we'll get that out there. I'm, I'm determined well, to prove, you, to prove um, you wrong on this, Chris. The left back and the right back for me didn't really... It didn't really matter too much to I picked Marcelo just because I thought since since Ashley Cole um is no longer in the frame, he's probably the second best left back that the world has seen um in the last has seen years. has seen it, t- t- yeah okay t- to me he's too playing. similar he, I know yeah I know he's still playing but he's too similar to Ramos for me he he's too he he is going forward. He he is amazing, but defensively, I think he's. I don't think he's that great. I'd say he is one of the. Le- he would get in. He would get into any any team in the world. Marcelo. I don't think there's God, a better that's left a bold, back out there. That's a bold. That's a bold statement. A um, right back. Uh, I went for Kimmich. Uh, he's a, a another youngish sort of player. I think he's about twenty-four. Plays for Bayern Munich. Um, he's all, I think he's always been in the German league, but ninety percent passing success rate in his career. That is as, very good. As is Jordan Henderson, I'd imagine. And he and Kimmich is versatile. He's like the John O'Shea of, of, <laughs> of Germany. What a comparison! He can play anywhere along the back and in front of the defence as well. Great so. comparison. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I, I tell you one thing from, from doing this: finding um, world-class fullbacks in in European leagues. Yeah. There, there, there's almost no compa- when you're looking at. Obviously, uh, Mendy and Walker at Man City, even sort of like Chilwell. Um, at Leicester at the moment, uh, Alonso, um, yeah, Leicester, Alonso yeah. and Trippier or or Davis or Rose. There, I think the, the the best fullbacks are certainly in the Premier League. But yeah. okay, so, oh uh, Alaba, wasn't it? Yeah, oh, yeah, he's, he's yeah I like him. I think he's a good player. I think he's he another gets... one who can play. He he's he gets. Definitely. I mean, he's been at Munich his whole career, apart from a short loan spell. I think he was at Hoffenheim or or somewhere like that. But he uh, uh, he, he uh, same with Kimmich. He's been in the German league his whole career, and I think I, I'm not disrespecting Austria at all. But I think a lot of people forget about him because he's Austrian. Um, he's yeah. sort of not not playing yeah. for a country that's that's yeah, sort of at the forefront. <laughs> well, yeah. Ball, yeah, I think the. Uh, yeah, the PK Ramos one's a good one. A good one. I, I'm sticking by my guns though, but I, right, I can see right. where you're coming from. So the the four midfield I've gone for is Neymar, uh, Mbappe, uh, Luka Modric, and Tony Cruz. So another two <sighs> players. <laughs> Oh my days! Oh my days! If you've got anyone I, I, better I, than that, I would I, be very. Well, I'm I was, surpri- I'd be surprised if you haven't gone for Neymar. 
I was just I was just going to say so because you thought there'd be quite similarities between our teams. So yeah. our keeper was different, and three of our defenders were different. So that's yeah. four so far. We're, we're going to add to that. So uh, right, okay. So we'll go. So I've gone Ronaldo. Okay. I've gone for Ronaldo on the right. I've gone for Modric in the centre. Who else did you have? Sorry. Uh, Neymar, Modric, Cruz, and Mbappe. I've gone Dybala, centre mid, alongside Modric. And this is my wild card. This is my my left midfield is my wild card. I've gone for Jordan Sancho. Oh, my word. tell, tell Tell me at the moment a better... Attacking wide player Neymar. in European football. Neymar. When was the last time he played? It doesn't matter. I, I don't need. I no. don't need to. I don't even need to. I'm going for. I'm, go, I'm going. For, I'm going for the future. I'm going for the future. If you if you Neymar's watch both going of them, anyway in the next ten years. Nah. Bro. Nah. I've gone for Sancho. I'm not. I'm not a fan of Neymar. I've. I've got to be honest. I'm not a huge fan of him, and I think that. Sancho, Sancho. He, he has played so well for England over the he's last. Well, but I, I wouldn't say he's. He wouldn't. I'm going on. I'm going on current he's form. Not... If I've I was done, to... I've done honourable mentions. He's not even in that. If if I was going to pick a team of European, the, my starting eleven for players across Europe at the moment, he would be in it. He would definitely be in it. Dybala. Yeah. Dybala is a good player, but I, there's I wouldn't I would. You want someone like Cruz in the middle? No, no, no. no. This is this is this is where I knew this would cause a debate. So attack him than anything. You don't. don't I I think. Let's. So Mbappe is a no-brainer. Modric is probably a no-brainer. I'd say Modric at at this present time is probably one of the best midfielders that you're going to get. I think I don't think he's as good as he was last year. I think that the the, the, the reason yeah. I've put him in is based on his last twelve months. He has been yeah. unbelievable. Ad- admittedly, his his first eight months were better than his current four months, but I think he's got to go in there, and I think he's probably. It it if he's not is like one of the best no, in the world. No, I don't. I think he. I think he. So, I think Dabala is one of the most underrated players in Europe, and he is one of the players. I've spearheaded Dabala in the in the in. I made Dabala in this country. I'm telling you that. What, championship manager. Yeah. I tell I'm you what. Manager. I remember <laughs> buying him about five years ago, and I was saying to everyone, he's gonna, he's gonna be a player. But I, I, I put him in an honourable mention. But I, I tell I you what, he, he is one of the players outside your Mbappe's, your Messi's, your Ronaldo's that I would love to see in the Premier League. I think he is such a classy player. Oh, yeah, and I think he is one that you only had to watch him against Spurs last season at Wembley. He absolutely he flipped that game on its head, and he to to me he's the 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 key for everything that Juventus do and everything that Juventus do well. 
why he wasn't starting for Argentina at the World Cup, I've got no idea. But I think he's I, I think he's quite similar to but I don't think he's the same sort of player as Messi. I think that he's a similar player to Cruz, but I think Tony Cruz is past his best. I think he's pretty past his best. Disagree with that. I, I, I can't disagree with you more. He he's not the player he once was. And you picked Ronaldo as well, didn't you? I've got I've gone for I can't, Ronaldo. I can't yeah. I can't disagree with Ronaldo. I put so basically my strikers were Messi and Ronaldo. So I can't, I can't disagree with you on Ronaldo. Yeah, well I've gone the other way. So I've put Ronaldo in midfield. I've put Mbappe yeah, up front. Up front. Oh, so right. I've so gone Messi and Mbappe. I didn't really think Messi and Ronaldo really need too much. Uh, no. Yeah. Well, I think they, I think they were the two definitely that were def, definitely so, in both. So 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 my honourable mentions were Ramos. Bale, Bale nearly made it for me. Asensio at Madrid, Neymar, Manuel Neuer, Diego Godin, Mats Hummels, Di Maria, because I think he's having a bloody. He's having having such a good season at PSG. He's having such a good season. Coutinho, Icardi at Inter, and Dani Alves. I can't they, a Coutinho, really right. No, 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 no. He, not Coutinho. He, he, he's an honourable. He's an honourable mention because he's someone that you that you would have to consider. So, oh, and the other the other one was Luis Suarez. So, but, but he, mention, he, he just didn't he didn't make it. In. Uh, Suarez, Bell, Coutinho, Hummels, Thiago Silva, Royce, Dybala, Griezmann, and Lewandowski. Hmm. But, well, Griezmann, I'll give down. you, not Lewandowski. He's, so he... I got Lewis at work to do one for me as well, and he picked exactly the same team as me, apart from he had Dybala instead of Cruz. Yeah. So he, he, he clearly he, doesn't know what he's talking about either. <laughs> <laughs> so I've asked one other person. And their team was literally ninety percent spot on. Was it your wife? No, it was Lewis. Lewis Oh, sorry, I thought you meant you've asked some one other person apart from in addition. I only need to ask one person, Rich. That Ramos is better than PK. Okay, we'll 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 put that out there. We'll we'll put that out there. Ramos is is a more high profile midfield, a more high profile defender. Because of the the chaos that he brings, and the press that he brings, PK just a goes defender. about his he just goes about his business quietly. PK was playing for Catalonia the other day at the yes. weekend. Did yeah, yeah. Did you see and how yeah. many players they've got? They've he had got... an amazing game. You see the amount of like ex Spanish players that are playing for them. Jesus Navas was playing for. Uh, there was a list. I can't remember what it was, but there was at least six, like ex-Spanish internationals playing for them. I think they did. Mm. Did they win or did they nearly win? Yeah, no, I think they won. I think they did won. Venice what I, saw. Is, is they... I can't remember. Yes, yeah, I think they did. Yeah. So, so let's just summarise. So we had a different keeper, three different yeah. defenders. We had two different um, midfielders. Um, because I had Dybala and Sancho, you had Cruz and Sancho. <laughs> Cruz and s- someone else. 
Um, and then, um, oh, Mbappe, but I, so yeah, so we swapped we Mbappe and, and, and Ronaldo. I got, mm, I'm not, I'm surprised you don't see Jordan Sancho. Not, not, uh, maybe in, in like five years' time, but not. No, but if you were to pick a team now, if you were to pick a team now no. on form you across Europe, you can't have Neymar because he's injured. Yeah, Who but would he could you be have? in the worst form of his life, Neymar, and I'd and still pick over Sancho. Tony Cruz is, it, mm, he's not as good as he once was. Not as good. If he was, Madrid wouldn't be in the position they're in. And Germany wouldn't have got knocked out of the World Cup. Oh, I'm, yeah, I'm not surprised we were that different. I think I get the impression that you were. But anyway, we'll we'll move on. We'll move on. That was a heated debate, Chris. Yeah. I'm not happy about you picking PK. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. So, n- next week, I'm not, I'm not here. I'm away yeah. next week, as you know, Chris. So I am going to, when I'm on holiday, I'm going to survey random strangers about PK or Ramos. Where are you going? I, You're going away, aren't you? I am going yeah. to Butlins. It's your favourite place. It is my favourite place. I'm going to Butlins and I'm going to ask the Tots TV people <laughs> who, they, who they believe is a better centre-back. <laughs> And I, I'll, I'll phone in next week or something, and we'll right. uh, we'll put that one to bed. Right. Okay, so yeah, it's good, good, good. Right, topic. teaser, yeah, teaser, teaser, yeah. So um, my my gut feel, you go, go first, Chris. Who, who uh, are the names you had? I had Andy Cole. Oh, interesting. I had Teddy Sheringham. Didn't think about him. And my reason for thinking Teddy Sheringham was I couldn't remember if she, who Shearer was playing for when the Premier oh, League Shearer started. But I remember, obviously, Teddy Sheringham scoring the first weekend of the Premier League, and I didn't know where Shearer was playing at that time and if he was in the Premier League. So that's why I went for Sheringham. Andy Carl, I went for. What do you think? I don't know. Where was Andy Cole playing when the Premier League started? Was he at Newcastle? Or was, I think he was, was, he, New... was he even was yeah. he even in it? Was oh, he... I don't know. Newcastle weren't in the Premier League the first season, though, were they? Or were they? I can't remember. They. We're Ooh. gonna have to decide. But then you can throw Shearer in. I'm gonna go Sheringham. I... Sheringham would so, be mine. Should we go? Should we go Sheringham? He he would be my guess. Okay, so we're we're gonna say Sheringham. Yeah. All right. Let me have a look. You're gonna do the honours. Better Sandy Cole in it. So list of that's a list of footballers with more. We're supposed to find this out. Uh, it's a, during the 95-96 season, such and such player became the first player to score 100 Premier League goals. It was one of the three that will be mentioned. Damn you, Alan Shearer. It was Alan Shearer. Alan Shearer, yeah. He was also the first to hit 200 as well, I believe. 
Oh, that's just <laughs> that's just that's just being selfish. Well, in fact, he's only one of two players that have hit two hundred. Yeah, so, Sheringham really. scored one hundred and forty-six in total. So well, at least he got Cole, he got to a hundred. Third. Oh, oh well, good question. Good question. It's a good question. I didn't. But, I yeah, didn't Andy Cole's third. didn't come to my mind. Lampard was fourth. That's yeah. total goal. That's total, like total goal was not first to a hundred, but yeah, Sh- Shearer was the first Premier League player to score hundred goals. Yeah, there you go. So, okay, so I think we've got we, we've got we've got a few more teasers that um Pete sent in, so we, we've got enough to keep us going till the end of the season, I think. Uh, um, so, as Rich said, he's not here next week, uh, so it will be me with a. A special guest, I, I suppose. A special guest. Lewis, I expect. And then you can uh, swap notes on your uh, European eleven. <laughs> so yeah, there'll be it will be me and said guest next week. Rich is off on holiday. Uh, but yeah, well, that's that's it for this week. Uh, anything else, Rich? Uh no, not really. Just um, thanks for everyone again for listening. I know we probably say it every week. Um, if you like if you like what you're hearing on the podcast, please subscribe um, through YouTube or through iTunes because um, we've got episodes coming out every week, as you may know. So yeah, thanks for listening, and if you if you do like it, as I say, please subscribe. Yep. So uh, we will well, well we'll see you in two weeks, Rich. But you'll you'll hear me next week. So we'll see you next week. Yep. See you later, Chris. <laughs>